Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. It's a beautiful few verses that we're going to unpack now in a moment. And I love that sometimes we read the Bible and it's like such a simple concept, but yet it can be something so difficult to live out. And so that's what we're going to talk about this uh, this morning and just uh, see what God wants to speak to us. Alex and I are going to be sharing a message today that we've titled Weeds in the Garden. Weeds in the Garden. Why don't you say that with me? Weeds in the Garden. Look at your neighbor and tell him, watch out for weeds. <laughs> Not weed, that's a different message. Watch out for weeds. <laughs> this night am is in trouble. Why don't we pray before we continue? God, we thank you, Jesus, this morning for the opportunity to gather together as a family, God, to read your word, to grow together, Father. We ask your Holy Spirit that you be here this morning, that you speak to us, God, that more than any anything that Alex and I can say, God, that it'll be your word, God, that it'll be your spirit moving here, God, your spirit leading us, guiding us, allowing us to recognize areas of our lives that need change and making us better, Father, because whenever we hear your word, God, we never stay the same God but you always do a work in our hearts so Holy Spirit move here this morning God speak to us today God we love you and we thank you in Jesus name we pray amen Amen. can you make some noise for Jesus come on we started thinking about relationships knowing we were going into this series and uh, we started thinking about our own lives and we started to think about different examples of what can happen in relationships Uh, one that we thought of was our backyard. I know we've talked about the garage in our house full of boxes. We've been talking about our house lately. Yeah. You can Every learn a corner lot from of our house. house. Everyone yeah. can imagine already. This week, we're going to the backyard. We're going the to the garage, backyard. The garage, the drawers, the back. Yeah. Yeah. T- today, yeah. Um, we just thought, have you ever gone? I don't know if you have a backyard or not. We have a tiny backyard, but even in our small backyard, there's times where we go outside and it looks like it's a matter of days where the backyard's full of weeds. Yeah. Uh, our patio is small. It has a whole lot of uh, concrete, but th- even if there's a crack in the concrete, yeah. the weed will go through. Yeah. The weeds will grow through yeah. the concrete. And I remember one time we went out there. It had been such a busy season. Uh, I felt like we hadn't gone to the backyard in a, in a while. And so I, I go to the backyard. I'd see weeds everywhere. And I'm like, okay, this Saturday is going to be clean up day. And go outside. It took forever to clean up the backyard, ripped out, plucked out tore out every single weed I could find, and we put all kind of like poison or treatment, whatever it is. I don't know if that's good or healthy. Probably not. Cleaned our backyard, and I'll I'll never forget, it was like two weeks later, they were back. The weeds were back. And so we started thinking relationships uh, in the same manner, if not taken care of, whether you're single, married, dating, divorced, 
or as we say, thirsty. Uh, if, you're not, if you don't take care of your soul, weeds can grow in the heart of a human soul. You got to look after it. You got to tend to it. Otherwise, it can grow out of control. You got to tend to the garden of your soul. Uh, because if not, the enemy can creep in. Right. I actually had another example, and I don't know if, if I want to share it, but... It's it, about me. No, it's not bad. <laughs> Last night, Diana made a tea. She's like, you know what, I'm going to drink some tea. We're going to speak a lot tomorrow, and uh, I just want to have a good night's rest and take care of my voice. She made a tea, and you made a tea, and it was awesome. Yeah, it was great. You made a tea. You went upstairs. I stayed downstairs and, for a second, and, and as I go into the kitchen, I noticed you left the tea box open on the counter, and it was like several of them because you didn't know what tea to drink. <laughs> then you went upstairs, and I just noticed you didn't put stuff away. But me, like a good, loving husband, <laughs> I wasn't going to point it out. I was just, I just did it. I mean, I pointed it out now for the sake of an example, but I, just, I took I, care of it. Should I share the many times I do that for you? <laughs> Like having two hampers in the bathroom, one for delicates, one for regulars, and every week I have to sort through everything because you just, just don't put it right. You just, you know. It was just one example I wanted to bring up. Just care but... of things. <laughs> Should I bring up another example? We have 20 <laughs> minutes left. <laughs> Diana has to, like, Diana is parched throughout the night. I don't know what happens, but it's like 3 o'clock in the morning and I'm awakened to somebody drinking a gallon of water. And after like two days, there's 15 water bottles on her nightstand. Yeah. And so, again, as a good this husband... I'm like, Lord, is it you? No, it's Diana drinking water. It's a good husband. I grab all the water bottles and I throw them away because if not, you do, the I'm house... I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, you're welcome. The house can get out of order. Like a garden you tend, you have to take care of the house. And my wife, she's extremely busy. She's a mother now, so I'll come in and I'll help you clean by putting tea boxes and water bottles away. Yeah. We're just here to serve. Can I get an amen? All the fellows, can I get an amen? Thank you. All to say, yes. what you don't take care of and what you don't look after can yeah. get out of control. Weeds in a garden can come to take up all the nutrients, is what we were talking about. They take all the soil. They actually can begin to block the sunlight. Yeah. And so the grass begins to wither. It begins to go bad because the weeds are in the way. Uh, much like that, or much like tea boxes on the counter, if, if you don't take care of your relationships, if you don't take care of your soul, if you don't take care of the love that the Holy Spirit is trying to uh, just work in your life, Things can get in the way that yeah. damage that love. Love can get corrupted. Love can get distorted. Uh, love can uh, not be taken care of. And it can get in the way of all the relationships in our life. See, the problem is uh, that we think life is going to be awesome. We're going to meet somebody. We're going to marry them. Uh, and it's going to be happily ever after. But how do you know conflict always happens? Yeah. There's always going to be trouble. In all kinds of relationships, yeah. Yeah. whether it's friendships or marriage, we're all going to have conflict. There's going to be arguments, discussions, differences. Uh, conflict is absolutely unavoidable. How we respond is optional. Yeah. 
How am I going to respond to the conflict that happens in my relationships? And so we need to take care of it. So today what we're saying is, I think there's a big problem, and that's not what we avoid to fix, we accidentally feed. Mm-hmm. What we avoid to fix, we accidentally yeah. feed. If I don't take care of my soul, if I don't take care of the garden, I'm actually maybe feeding the wrong things yeah. that are going to grow out of control. In other words, the enemy most times is our inner me. That's our biggest enemy in our soul. That's right. And see, um, unlike healthy plants, weeds don't need to be taken care of. You don't need to nourish them. They just grow. Like they just exist to invade, right? And take over anything that is healthy. But healthy things require our care. Healthy things require us to be consistent. They require for us uh, to be uh, intentional, And it's the same thing in our lives. If there's issues in our lives, if there's situations and habits in our lives that we just think that by not looking at them, they're going to get any better. Really what we're doing is it's just allowing them to continue to grow. And so healthy things will cost us something. Things that are valuable come at a cost. And so our relationships, if they're going to be worthy, if they're going to be valuable, they're going to cost us something. Maybe it's that intentionality. Maybe it's going the extra mile. It's us looking at ourselves and seeing how we can get better. But those things that matter, that cost something, we we appreciate more. Anything that you have in your life that costs you something, you value it differently. Because you know the cost. You know what it took for you to get there. You know what it took for you to achieve that, to get that. And it's the same thing in our lives. And so uh, if we avoid dealing with the issues, they're just going to continue to grow in our lives. And so the question for us today is, what have we allowed in our lives to grow, to fester, to, to grow roots deep in our hearts and in our souls? Maybe for some of us here, it's a bad temper. It's an addiction. It's a habit. It's how we respond to things. Maybe it's dragging issues and trauma from the past. Maybe for some of us, it might be unforgiveness. It might be a pride issue. Yeah. And we can be hearing these things, and some of us may, may take a moment and say, yeah, I'm dealing with some of those things. Yeah, I acknowledge that I may be still... Uh, dealing with some of those things from the past. But maybe there might be some of us here today that we just hear these things and we're thinking about that other person. Oh, that's a great message for you. (laughs) I hope he's listening. I hope she's listening. Take some notes. And we fail to realize that as we're thinking about somebody else, I got really what he's trying to do as he's speaking to all of us, you and I together, is that he's saying, hey, there's areas of your life that I want you to work on. Hey, there's areas of our lives that you can still be better at. Hey, there's areas of our lives that still need to be taken care of, that you can still grow and get better. It's not just for somebody else, it's for all of us. It's for you and for me because none of us have arrived yet. And so we have a God that heals. We have a God that restores. We've been talking about it last week. We talked about it. We have a God that wants us not to drag things around, but he wants us to build new things, better relationships. And it matters that we pay attention because health on the outside begins with healing on the inside. Health on the outside begins with healing on the inside. Yeah, I love that. Um, we've been talking about this, and I hope by now you, you, you're starting to see the direction of this series. It's is very much about us. Yeah. Like Diana mentioned, if we're not careful, all we do is point the finger at somebody else. Whether it's uh, a sibling, whether it's a friend, or whether it's a spouse, it's easy as humans to point our finger and blame the other person. 
But if we want to try to get to real love, if we're striving to be like Jesus, it begins with a whole lot of self-reflection. In fact, real good relationships we see are people who are very self-aware. Come on, can somebody say self-aware? Self-aware. You need to be aware of your own self. I need to know myself very well if I want this relationship to move forward. We, we start talking about the book of Colossians, chapter 3. We've always loved these two verses because Paul, he's talking about our theology there for a moment. Theology is our study of God, what we think about God. And a lot of us, we can have very good theology, but it's still not show or reflect in our relationships, yeah. which then goes to question, what is our theology? What mm-hmm. do we believe yeah. about God? Paul, writing the book of Colossians, he's saying basically, if you really believe in God, it should affect how you treat your neighbor. Right, right. What he's getting at in chapter 3, chapter 1 begins with the supremacy of Jesus. You read the book of Colossians, absolutely beautiful. He's talking about the supremacy of Jesus Christ, how awesome Jesus is. And maybe many of us across in this room, we would agree to that. We're, 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 we're here to say, hey, Jesus is awesome. We're here to worship him. We give him our lives. Many of us, we are believers. We've known Jesus for the past 5, 10, 15. Has Jesus been good to anybody in here? Can I get an amen? Right? Like, we would agree with that. What Paul is saying, well, if that is true, why doesn't it show up in your relational life? Right. In other words, he's saying your spiritual life should affect your relational life. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus is so awesome, you love people differently. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus has done such a work in your life, you are quick to forgive. Yeah. Because Jesus is supreme and awesome and in control. You love better. You forgive quicker. You don't hold grudges. You get over offenses faster because the gospel has made such an effect yeah. in your life, in your yeah. soul, in your bones. Yeah. Jesus is so awesome. It changes how you treat friends, yeah. spouses. Yeah. It changes how you treat everybody. Yeah. In other words, if there is no change, there may be no Jesus. Wow. So Paul is pointing to. And so it calls for self-reflection is what we're talking about. We're, we go through the book of Colossians and we're like, amen, amen. Jesus is awesome. Amen, amen. Then he gets here and we're like, mm. but Paul, you don't know what people did to me. You ever been there? Well, like, like we, we love Jesus, but Jesus, you know what so-and-so did. Yeah. Jesus, you know what I'm going through. God, but what about this? And we're not careful the weeds get in the way of the garden. Are you following me along so far? And so Paul is saying, Jesus, oh, he wants the gardens of our life to flourish, to bloom. Uh, but be careful for those attitudes that the Holy Spirit comes to correct. We want about four weeds that grow in the gardens. Uh, I think all of us can add to this list. This is a very simple list, but all of us, if we really take a moment to self-reflect, we can add. But these are the four weeds that we think can grow in gardens or what we call the soul of the human life. These are the four. Number one, unforgiveness. Number two, selfishness. Number three, pride. Number four, spiritual disconnection. Can you say those four with me? Come on. Unforgiveness, selfishness, pride, and spiritual disconnection. These are four main weeds that can grow in the gardens of our soul. All of us in one way or another maybe uh, can relate to some of these. We've gone through them. And so today in the time that we have left, uh, part two of this series, what do we do with these four things? The poisons, weeds in our gardens, what do we do with them? 
If we really believe that Jesus is Lord, that he's supreme, that he's awesome, that he's come to make us a new creation, then we can put to death these weeds in our gardens. Can I get an amen? Amen. Okay, so, so let's look at the first one. The first one is unforgiveness. And I think a lot of us, we've dealt with this. We've walked through this. Um, what do we do with that? What do we say uh, to that? Number one is that freedom leads, I mean, forgiveness leads yeah. to freedom. Forgiveness leads to freedom. Can you say that with me? Come on. Forgiveness, forgiveness leads, leads to, freedom. to freedom. It is so easy to sit in a room like this and think about all the offenses that somebody's done to me. Yeah. I can literally sit here and think about every person that's offended me, think about every person that's done me wrong. And I think across this room, we can all do that. People have done us wrong. Uh, if you're not careful, you will live in a prison of unforgiveness, bitterness, and resentment. And we believe, as we were talking, that's just not the life that God intended for his children to have. Like God did not create us, God did not save us so that we could continue in unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment. Here's the problem. Unforgiveness does more damage to us than the person we're holding unforgiveness against. It actually hurts us more than it hurts them. They maybe moved on with their life. They're living a great life. They're coming to the 1 p.m. <laughs> and they have no idea somebody at the 9 a.m. is still bitter and upset at them. And here we are like upset. We're not enjoying the freedom in Christ, the joy in Christ, the peace. Because we're just here. I can't believe that. I can't even come to 1 p.m. They shouldn't even be here at 1 p.m. Because you're just stuck in unforgiveness. Unforgiveness can actually ruin the gardens of our life. I think a lot of times God wants to give us freedom, but we're holding on to so much offenses and bitterness and resentment, we can't walk in that freedom. Uh, we talked about this example. Um, me and Anna, when we go grocery uh, shopping, uh, sometimes we'll try to grab as many grocery bags as possible so we don't have to make two trips. Can anybody relate? So I remember this one time, um, I'm like grabbing every bag I can, and it, I got bags on every finger. My fingers are turning purple. The problem is when I got to the door, I couldn't open it because my hands were full. Some of us in here were holding on to every kind of bag of offense. Well, you don't know this person actually did me wrong. They abused me. They cheated. They backstabbed. They talked about me. This person, I mean, I can, I can never forgive that. And you're walking around with your hands full. And there's an open door of freedom that Jesus came to give each and every single one of us. Can't open that door, can't walk through it because we're just still holding on to every single offense of what people have done. Yeah, and forgiveness is powerful because it releases us. That's what Alex is saying. Sometimes we need to remove this idea of our forgiveness that when we forgive, we're being weak. Forgiveness is actually a sign of strength. When I forgive someone, I'm actually becoming a stronger person. We need to remove this idea that when we forgive someone, we're, we're almost accepting or excusing what that person did to us. But in reality, what we're doing when we forgive is that we're turning away and pushing aside what that offense tried to do to us. So it's all about perspective. I can view forgiveness as something that, you know, I need to get back at this person. I need to... And what we're doing by doing that is what Alex is saying. We end up chaining ourselves to this problem, to this situation. And the person has moved on. They're not thinking about you. They're going to sleep at night. 
But here you are, just thinking about this, unable to move forward. It's been two years, three years, five years. And what it does is that the weeds of bitterness continue to grow in your heart. But God is calling us to forgive because as we forgive, we find freedom. And, and also part of forgiveness, it's recognizing the brokenness that is in all of us. Yes, there might be, be times where maybe somebody hurt us on purpose. It happens. But some other times we just need to recognize that people are broken. That we are broken. And in the same way that somebody has the ability to hurt me, I have the ability to hurt people. And so it's easy to focus on what people have done to us. But can we take a moment to think on what we've done to people? Whether intentionally or unintentionally, we also have that ability to hurt people. Imagine who might be out there thinking that we heard them. You have no idea, but, but we're broken people. And so we need to come to this idea, this, this reality that, hey, I should be able to forgive. I should be able to release people from what they've done to me. I should be able to move forward in freedom with my life. And so can we take a moment today to just ask ourselves that question? Am I holding unforgiveness towards someone? And if you are, I believe that God can help you find freedom today. Again, it's not about excusing what was done to you. It's simply recognizing that I don't want to live there. I don't want to, this offense to stop me, to hold me back. And one of the most powerful things I've learned in life is that sometimes you need to learn to forgive someone that did not ask you for forgiveness. You have to learn to accept an apology that was never offered to you. Because we're not just speaking about husband and wife relationships. We're speaking about relationships in general. And sometimes it is the people closest to us that hurt us the most. But because there's brokenness, there might be times where we meet, may need to come to a point where it's like, hey, that person hasn't asked for forgiveness, but I'm going to choose to forgive anyways. Because I'm going to choose freedom over staying attached and chained to someone. And maybe if we've been the ones that have hurt somebody else maybe it's our time to say hey I'm sorry can we talk about this maybe it's time for us to listen just simply by hearing the pain we've caused someone heal so much it goes such a long way so are we willing to just simply open the door to forgiveness throw the key out what happened happened but there's hope for tomorrow. There's healing for tomorrow. There's so much more that God wants to do in our lives. And so forgiveness doesn't mean always that everything changes. Forgiveness can also come with boundaries. There are many times where we could forgive someone, but say, hey, I'm going to forgive you. I love you. But this is a boundary I'm creating so that I can protect my heart. But the main thing is that we don't live attached to people, to events, to moments, so that we can walk in the freedom that God has for us. That's right. Because forgiveness leads to freedom. Great. But the other thing that we were talking about that's a weed in our lives, it's, it's selfishness. Yeah. And so the second thing that we need to know is that compassion leads to strength. Compassion leads to strength because, see, selfishness is one of the biggest enemies of our souls. Because enemies, it says that the, one of the top characteristics of people who are selfish is, is people who are concerned exclusively with themselves, with their feelings, with, with having only regard for how they feel and not for anyone else. 
So you do everything based on what's convenient to you, how something makes you feel, and we rarely ever think about how it makes someone else feel, right? So think about the person who just tells the, you know, me telling Alex, hey, um, I'm just, I'm just this way. Like, this is the way my family, you know, raised me, and this is just, and so I don't need to change, but you need to put up with it. And so I have a bad temper because I just grew up around people with bad temper. So too bad for you. I mean, just, that's just, just how I am. Yeah. That's selfish, yeah. right? It's me imposing my feelings on somebody else. It's me telling my child, hey, listen, I don't care that you want to play soccer. You're going to play basketball because that was my lifetime <laughs> dream. And so it makes me feel good that you do that. Yeah. It makes me feel good that you do what I, what I didn't get to do. It's considering our feelings before somebody else's feelings. It's saying it only my feelings matter. Only what I say matters. Only what I say goes. And so it requires us to, to be compassionate, to think of other people before we think about ourselves. And so the power of compassion is that it actually leads to strong relationships. Yeah, we've learned that uh, and still learning that as we try to be as compassionate as possible to each other, it strengthens our relationship. Many times, you know what selfishness is? It really is manipulation. Mm. You're just trying to manipulate the other person into doing what you want, how you want things to go, and I just believe manipulation is a form of witchcraft. Mm. And so we have to be careful that we are not forcing people to do what we want just because it benefits us. When yeah. Jesus calls us to die to ourselves. Yeah. Can I get an amen? amen? Christianity is not about how good and awesome God makes you. It's how good and awesome Jesus was on the cross. So we follow in his footsteps because as we die to ourselves, we resurrect as new creatures. People who are more compassionate and loving. And so um, I think compassion comes with compromise. How can we compromise on some issues? Hey, these are some things I like. Uh, but I understand your feelings. I understand where you're at. So I'm going to compromise on certain things. I'll give you a, a, a dumb example. I love to eat fish. I love. I love seafood. Anybody here love seafood? Yes. Diana hates seafood. Like cannot stand. See, if she smells it, she begins to uh, regurgitate. <laughs> if we're at a restaurant and somebody close by orders it, I'm out. Right? Like. One time, many years ago, when we first got married, I, I started to cook some seafood in the kitchen. I know she didn't like it. I just didn't think it was going to be this kind of reaction. <laughs> we had a small townhouse, and upstairs, she's like, Alex, Alex, are you cooking fish? And I'm like, absolutely. Omega-3 fatty acids are good. I'm just trying to, like, spew out everything good and beneficial in seafood. And she's like, oh, my God. Hey, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I've compromised. I'm not going to cook seafood in the house any longer because I love my wife, right? Now, now, I'll still eat it sometimes from time to time, and um, I'll just make sure she's not around. Um, but in, like, that's just the way we've kind of compromised on that dumb issue. I could be selfish, and I could say, well, this is what I want, and if you don't like it, tough, right? But it, that's never going to strengthen our marriage. And I think if I just like, okay, I can die to this little small area of my life. I can be compassionate. I can compromise. Uh, our relationship will be so much stronger. And so selfishness, it's a weed in our life. Uh, be careful that we're not trying to manipulate people. Let's be compassionate human beings as Jesus was compassionate. Husbands, love your wives as Jesus loved the church. And vice versa, right? We're supposed to love each other 
uh, even to the point of death. And that's a conversation we don't like to have many times. The third we, as we try to wrap this up, uh, sorry, Dana took a lot of time on the intro, bringing out all my issues. And so I'll just try to hurry up. The third one was pride. And we said one way to resolve that is that humility leads to unity. Yes. Not only does forgiveness lead to freedom, not only does compassion lead to strength, humility leads to unity. Yeah. Pride is one of those things that everybody knows you have except yourself. Everybody knows you're a prideful person except you, right? We're blind to our own pride. Um, maybe there's prideful people in here today. You're All you're thinking about is, I wish so-and-so was here. No, this message may be for you, right? So, uh, pride blinds us. There's something about pride that begins to blind us. And if we're not careful, uh, pride will stop us from apologizing. Pride will stop us from having compassion. Pride will stop us from doing so many things. We've got to be careful. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. Pride goes before destruction a haughty spirit before a fall if we're not careful we can begin actually to be the type of person that is condescending with our spouse with our loved ones oh but look at you look at what you've done look at all that you've done in your life well look at all of your shortcomings look at me look at the success I've had look what I do in my life and if we're not careful pride can actually be a weed in our garden yeah, the funny thing about pride is that pride will tell you um, how powerful it is, right? When you see people who are prideful, often it has to do with, you know, I'm so smart, I'm, I'm, I'm strong, I'm powerful. But really, pride is a mask. Because when you think about it and when you study what pride is at the core, pride really is started and is driven by poor self-worth. It's us trying to mask something we don't have. So because I lack in this area, now I need to prove that I'm strong. I need to prove that I know what I'm talking about. I need to prove that I have power and that I have control. But really what this does is that instead of creating unity, it does the opposite. It just bridges this gap between us in our relationships and people. And even in those people that we love and that we care for, pride gets in the way. And so here's the difference. You can be, uh, you can take pride in an achievement. You can take pride in, in an accomplishment. But when you become a proud person, there's a difference. Is that you think you're better than somebody else. You think you have the ability to, to overpower somebody else. But really humility breaks that. Humility, when you have a humble heart and a humble attitude, it welcomes unity. And humility doesn't mean that you think poorly of yourself. It, it, humility doesn't mean that you don't think that you have value. Humility simply recognizes that, hey, you're a human, so am I. I make mistakes, so do you. We're on the same level. But humility invites unity. I grew up with a dad that would tell us, hey, if you go outside and the sky is blue, and you come and tell me and I tell you it's green, it's green. Because I tell you it's green. And that's the mentality I grew up around. If I say that that palm tree is blue, it's blue. I don't care that you see it green, it's blue because I tell you it's blue. And do you think that would create an, an atmosphere of unity? No. It created a, a, an unsafe environment. Where as a family member, you couldn't approach this person, right? You had no voice, you had no say. There was nothing um, that would bring me close to this person, right? But instead, when you have a humble heart, what it does is that it tells you, hey, this is a safe space. This is a space where there's a place for you and there's a place for me. Where there's a place for you to come with your, with your issues, with your mistakes, with my mistakes, and we get to work it out. Humility opens the door to unity. 
It's not thinking less of ourselves, but it's thinking about ourselves less. Thank you for sharing a little bit of your experience. And we've talked about it in different places. And I know at Flourish, for example, you've talked about it with the girls. But uh, one of the issues in the home that you grew up in was pride. Yeah. And it led to a divorce that was not pretty. Um, it was difficult. Um, and looking back now, what would have happened if humility would have been the center of the house? how that would have changed Absolutely. a family environment. And obviously yeah. God works all things out yeah. for the good of those who love him. Um, but it's crazy how pride can destroy a home. Yeah. Pride can destroy a family. Yeah. Us not being able to admit I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. Hey, I was wrong there. I'm sorry I did you wrong. I'm sorry I did this. I'm sorry. You know, there's times where the other person will point things out like putting things in the wrong hamper. And if, <laughs> if, we're, if we're not humble, my God, that can just create an yeah. avalanche of issues unnecessarily all just because we can't let go of our yeah. pride. Yeah. And so like Diana said, and we've kind of mentioned all throughout this teaching today, come on, let's look at ourselves, self-reflect. Yeah. As we were going over this, it's like, look at in our lives. Like, have I allowed some of these weeds to grow and begin to take over the garden of our lives? I'm not thinking about Diana when I'm hearing these. I'm thinking about myself, mm. right? Have I been unforgiving? Have I been selfish? Have I been prideful? We'll finish with the last one as time is running out. Uh, spiritual disconnection is a huge one when it comes to affecting relationships in our life. Uh, when we don't have a relationship with God, it's going to affect everything in our life. What's an answer to that? What's a handle? Well, we put it uh, this way today. We actually think that connection leads to peace. Connection to God will lead to peace in your soul. It's hard to have flourishing relationships when your soul is not at peace. It's hard to have peace in a home when you don't have peace in a soul. If your soul is not at peace, it's hard for your marriage to be at peace. When there is sin in our life, when there is hidden sin, we all struggle. We're all going to go through all kinds of issues. But I'm talking about hidden things that we don't talk about with a pastor, with a spouse, with a therapist. When there's things in our life that we are covering up, when we are at war with God, when we are far from God, it will begin to show up in every area of our life. Peace with God will actually result in peace from God. If I make peace with God, if I say, God, I'm a sinner, I need you, God. You know my shortcomings, you know where I fall, you know I've been prideful, selfish, unforgiving, but if you can help me today, God, I want to connect with you, it'll start to produce peace in my soul. Because I've made peace with God, I now have the peace of God. And I'm telling you, having peace in a home is one of the best feelings in the world. Have you ever walked into a house and you can feel the tension? You can feel there's a war going on? You, can, you, you just know, like, the husband and wife, they're not getting along. The family's all mad, upset at each other. The son's not talking to the father. The mom's not talking to the daughter. You walk in that, you, you sense the tension. You know, we've always prayed, it's been our prayer. Not saying that it's always been perfect, but it's always been our prayer. God, when people walk in our house, let them sense your peace. But you know how that begins? With both of us having our own individual relationship with God. She can't rely on me and I can't rely on her to have a relationship with God. Each of us need our own peace from God. And when we are both spiritually connected with God, walking with God, working out our spiritual discipline, spending time in our prayer life, in our word talking to God, meditating on his word, 
all that just brings so much peace in between us because you cannot spend time with God and keep looking like Satan it's impossible it's impossible it's impossible for me to spend time looking at the mirror like we talked about in the last series reflecting on Jesus and then walk away and continue to do whatever I want Oof, when I spend time in that mirror it begins to point out every flaw in my life and I begin to correct myself otherwise I really don't believe that Jesus is Lord connection to God brings peace in the garden come on but why don't we stand up across this whole auditorium and I would love to give you an opportunity today if you're in here maybe it's your first time second time here maybe you grew up in church like me and today you realize I'm so far from God I don't have a relationship with him I'm at war with God I'm at odds with God Maybe you're in here, you're saying, there's, Alex, there's no way God can forgive somebody like me. I'm here to tell you, he loves you, he loves you, he loves you. I really believe it's not a coincidence that you're in this building or listening to this across the internet. I really believe that God gave you this opportunity to remind you he's madly, deeply in love with you. The problem is sin. Sin separates us from God our Father. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, in a moment of prayer, worship, and privacy, if you're in here today and you know you got sin in your life, you've done wrong, thought wrong, said wrong. The Bible says all of us are sinners. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. We've all done wrong. We've all thought wrong. We've all offended God. And the Bible says that sin separates us from God and it brings death. It says the wages of sin are death or the end result of sin is death. Sin will begin to kill you slowly, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. It kills your marriage. It kills your family. It begins to bring destruction and separation. Ultimately, it brings physical death. Sin brings death, but the Bible says, but the gift of God is eternal life. Sin came to separate, but Jesus came to unite. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, so that whosoever believes in him will not die, but have everlasting life. My friend, you don't have to continue today with spiritual disconnection. You don't have to continue with confusion, pain, anxiety, and stress in your soul. You can have the peace of God when you make peace with God. The Bible says that Jesus came and he carried the sins of the world on his shoulders. All of my sins, your sins, Jesus put them on his shoulders. He went up on a cross at a place called Calvary. There on that cross, he was nailed to that cross. He was crucified. He paid the ultimate price for sin so that you and I can have forgiveness, love, and a brand new life today. The Bible says they put him down in a grave. Jesus was dead for three days, but after three days, he defeated sin and death so that today you and I can have forgiveness in life this day. Jesus is alive and he's the only answer for humanity. He's the only answer for the war of the soul. With every eye closed, every head bowed, we're leaving in just a moment. If you're here and you say, Alex, I need Jesus. Alex, I need forgiveness. Alex, I need that peace in my soul. Every eye closed in a moment of privacy, in a moment of prayer. Come on, this dream team is praying. As connect group leaders are praying, staff is praying. Today we're praying for you. I really believe God doesn't want you to leave this place without a relationship with him. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Today he can give you a brand new beginning. He can forgive you of all your sins. I'm going to count to three. When I count to three, if that's you, would you raise your hand up? Hold it up high enough, long enough for me to see you. I'm not going to embarrass you. Every eye closed, every head bowed in a moment of prayer.
When I count to three, raise your hand. Say, Alex, I need Jesus. I need forgiveness. Hold it up high enough, long enough for me to see you, then you can put it right back down. When I count to three, if you say, Alex, I need Jesus. I need forgiveness. In Jesus' name, you raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand all across this auditorium. Raise it up, raise it up, raise it up. I see you, 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 I see you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, amazing, I see you. Amazing, you can put your hands back down, awesome. Come on, what a good day, God is a good God. All of you, raise your hands. In the spirit of worship and prayer, repeat after me. I'm going to say a simple prayer. You can talk to God any place, anywhere. In fact, he wants to hear from you more than from me. He loves you. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. I'm just making this first prayer easy as you confess with your heart and your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Repeat after me. Say, Father, the whole church, come on, out loud in one voice. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. Today I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Jesus, be my Lord and be my Savior from today on. Come on, from today on. I'm forgiven, I'm saved, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Calvary, can you make some noise? Oh, come on, Calvary, not here. Make some noise. Come on. He's a good God. Amazing. Hands went up all over the auditorium. If you made this decision online, let us know in the chats. Send an email to us. We'll get this gift out to you. We have a gift for everybody that made that decision outside. Before you go and join a dream team today, uh, we actually have a team that's handing out these white bags. They have a free coffee cup, free notebook. But most importantly, there's a free Bible in here just for you. It's a Bible for new believers. One more time, can we give everybody a big, big hand? Come on.